Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Let's pray. Father and our God, we do humbly come to You this morning to ask You, Father, to be in our midst, to allow us to see and feel Your presence. Father, I pray that You bind up my words and my thoughts, that everything that comes out of my mouth this morning would be of Your desire and Your will. Father, we thank You for this opportunity to be gathered together. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You, Father, for Your teachings. We thank You, Father, for Jesus Christ who died on that cross to give us this opportunity. Father, we thank You, we love You, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 10. Now last week we talked about faith and the importance of faith, and we learned that it is impossible to please God without faith. It's, it's possible, impossible. It can't happen, it won't happen. Um, we talked about uh, where faith comes from a little bit, and this week we're going to get a little bit deeper into that, as in um, where does faith come from, uh, what do we do with it, and those kind of things. We'll see how far we get. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 14. How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? So, belief, belief, and faith go hand in hand, right? Belief and faith go hand in hand. In order for you to have faith, you have to believe that Jesus Christ is who He says He is. He'll do what He says He'll do. You have to believe in order to have faith. And remember, it's impossible to please God without faith. Our main goal here is to be pleasing to God, right? To be a reflection of the glory that He designed us to be originally. Belief and faith go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. John chapter 20, John chapter 20, verse 30. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of His disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. Well, there's a lot to unfold in John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. That says a mouthful. But I'm going to point out some particular things this morning that you need to understand. Remember, belief and faith go hand in hand. And our subject is faith. 
and how it gets to us. There's a lot of things John says that Jesus did that aren't written in this book. As a matter of fact, there's one place where the Bible says the world couldn't hold the book if we wrote it all down. The book would be bigger than the world. It couldn't contain it. Alright, so there's a lot of things that Jesus did that aren't written. John didn't write them down. Matthew, Mark, Luke, nobody wrote them down. Paul didn't record them all. Nobody wrote it all down. So there's these things that took place that you ain't read about. But, instead of focusing on that, let's focus on what this says. But these are written. There are things that are written. The Bible's full of things that are written. And they're written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So where does faith come from? Faith and belief are, go hand in hand, right? You can't have one without the other. So where does faith come from? Well, according to Scriptures, the Scriptures was written so that you may believe that Jesus is who He says He is. So faith comes from the Word. Right? Faith comes from an understanding of God's Word. Faith comes from reading and spending time in God's Word. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning or, or made a comment. The first thing to get cut when time is short. The first thing to get shunned when life is hectic. The first thing to be put on the back burner when we know we ain't got time for it all is the things that are most important to us spiritually. Our prayer time, Bible time, church time, Wednesday night time. Those things are easy to lose. Easy to write off. Easy to put aside when life gets hectic. When life gets chaotic. When time gets short. When we know and understand, yet they're the most important things in this world to us, or should be. They're the most critical things there are to our well, spiritual well-being. And they're the first things that we'll push to the side. Believing. These things were written so that you may believe. These things were written so that your faith may grow. These things were written so you may have a better understanding. So why don't we spend more time with these things? So why don't we spend more time learning these things? Why don't, why don't we spend more time trying to gain an understanding? You know what we'll do? We'll pick it up and read about two verses and go, I don't understand it, no way. And shut it and put it off to the side. Because we're looking for an excuse not to spend time in it. What is the difference in doing things out of duty and out of delight? It's also in our Sunday school this morning. If you spend time in God's Word out of duty, or if you come to church out of duty, once you've pulled into the parking lot, mission accomplished. You made it. Because your whole goal was to go to church, right? Right? Y'all wake up this morning, right? Yeah, I need y'all's feedback a little. You're killing me. You're going to put me to sleep and I'm the one talking. You know what I'm saying? If you do this out of duty, your presence was your goal, right? 
So if you have achieved your goal, you're done. You should just turn around and go back to the house. It'll benefit you the same. But when you do something out of delight, you're looking to receive something. When you come in here because it's a desire of yours to be here, there's something different. It don't matter what I say. See, when you come out of duty, you're just trying to endure long enough for me to sit down and shut up and you to get out the door. When you come in out of duty, you counting how many songs they sang. When you come in out of duty, you know what time I started and what time I ought to be done. But when you come in here out of delight, none of that stuff matters to you. When you come in out of delight, you don't care who's in the pulpit. You don't care who's leading the music. When you come in out of delight and a desire to hear from God, it's different. When you come in out of duty, you walk back out with all the things in your mind to complain about. But when you come in out of delight and desire, you walk out of here changed spiritually to the better when you walk out. There's a difference. These things that were written, your Bible study time is the same way. When you do it out of duty, when you open it up and you've read your verse for the day or your two verses for the day, you're done. Nothing changed. But when you do it out of delight, first of all, two verses won't do you good. Because you desire something and you want something. And you're searching for something and you're digging for something and your desire is to be changed by it. Because it's your desire to do it. It's not out of duty. This stuff was written so that you may believe. So that your faith may grow. Your faith can grow just from simply reading your Bible. When you do it with the right heart and the right mindset. When you do it out of desire and not out of duty. When you do it out of delight and not out of duty. When you do it because you know there's something there for you. Then you can benefit from it. Back to uh, Romans. Verse 14. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? Belief and faith go hand in hand. The other part of that first sentence is, if you don't know Christ, if you don't believe in Christ, you can't have faith. You can't please God. You can't walk by faith. If you don't believe, you can't have faith. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Right? So, for all of those people out there that you look at and go, why come they panic? Why come they worry? Why come? Because they don't have faith and they can't have it without a relationship with Jesus Christ. It can't exist. Belief and faith go hand in hand. Do you know and do you realize God spoke this to me as clearly as He's ever spoken anything in my life this week. Uh, we had a little bit of a, a, pan a panic scenario with um, Elizabeth and the baby and... and uh, Things got kind of hairy for a little while. Um, <clears throat> uh, Sean called me and he was tore all to pieces. And, and he said, I about lost both of them. And it caused worry in me. And I got off the phone with him and I was, man, I was just, I was praying, you know, what do I do? I mean, how do I get there? I can't get there quick enough. Um, why can't I be present? You know, how, how come I don't know what's going on now? And God spoke to me and He said, Worry removes faith. Worry 
removes faith. You can't be walking in faith and worrying at the same time. But the good news is the flip side of that is also true. Faith removes worry. Right? So if you're walking in faith, you ain't got to worry about it. Right? When you, when you walk in faith, when you live in faith, worry does not exist. So when I began to worry Tuesday, and God told me worry removes faith because I had been studying on faith and been looking at faith and been doing these things to to uh, strengthen my faith, these exercises. I'm looking at faith like a muscle and I'm trying to get it built up. And God speaks to me and says, worry removes faith. I went, i got to stop. <laughs> i got to do something different. I, I can't allow worry to be present here because where worry is, faith is not. So i got to switch this thing around somehow and i got to hand this over and I gotta turn this loose, and I gotta trust that God's exactly who He says He is. I gotta remind myself that He's God and I'm not, and He's got control of all the things that I don't. I said, okay, God, here we go. Right here on the track of this D5M. I can't worry. The only way to get rid of this worry is to have my faith increased. And God, I just want to say to you that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are exactly who you say you are. And you said that you're going to work all things to the good of those who are called by your name, those who love you, those who you love. You're going to work it. So I'm going to trust that you're going to work it and I'm going to stop worrying and I'm going to get there when I can get there and the rest of it's I'm just I just got to trust you. Because where worry is, faith can't be. But the good news is, where faith is, worry's not present. How then shall they call these people that don't know Him, that don't have that relationship, it's no wonder they worry themselves sick, literally. I'd be worried too. How, so you know what's the best thing I can do for a person that don't know that? For a person that I see that I know that's constantly worried about something, that's on medication, they worry so much, the best thing I can do is tell them about Jesus Christ. Because belief and faith go hand in hand and worry can't be present where faith is. Keep going with me. Acts chapter 20. How shall they believe if they haven't heard? How shall they believe if they haven't heard? How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? Acts chapter 20, verse 17. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. We'll read through 21. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia in that manner, I always lived among you, serving the Lord 
with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul lays out what he's been doing. A lot of times you and I have this desire to make it happen. When really and truly all we got to do is lay it out there. Sometimes we want to make it grow when all we can do is plant the seed. Sometimes we want to see the fruits before we've even started planting good. I, I'm the, I, I'll go on and admit this in front of everybody. I'm, I'm country as a turnip green, as I tell Montana she is. I, I, was, I was born and raised out there, had a little stint in the city, and, and was back out there before you know it kind of thing. Loved to be in the woods and in the dirt and hunt and fish and all that stuff. I am the all-time worst gardener you have ever met. My grandfather, as I called him Pop Daddy, would plant a garden, man, them rows would be straight and everything would be just like it's supposed to be and he'd work that thing every day. I watched him do that all of my life. I got none of that from him. Amanda's side of the family, her mom and dad have a garden out there big enough to feed everybody in this church, I promise. It's enough maters and cucumbers and sweet taters and white taters and, and marsh taters and this tater and that tater and tomaters and all that stuff. Is in that big old strip of land out there and they work in that thing every day. Every day when I come home, they're in it. A lot of days when I leave to go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning, one of them's out there in the garden. And man, it's just as pretty and lush. Amanda didn't get none of that. We didn't. We planted a garden one time right after we first got married. I looked at Devon and Jane's garden. I went, whoo. I remember my pop daddy having a garden. We got to have us a garden. And I went and got mater seeds and onion slips and, and this and that and the other. And I turned me up a spot of ground and tilled that thing. And I put that stuff in the ground. And I stood back and went, whoo, I can taste them already. Man, I can't wait to have my first mater sandwich out of my own homegrown mater. I went back out there the next day and it wasn't on maples. And I went back out there, I said, well, it'll probably take longer than a day. So I, I stepped back from it for a week. And I went back out there and it wasn't on maples. But what I had noticed is weeds had come up in that thing. And they was choking out everything I'd put in the ground. And I couldn't tell the fruits from the weeds and the veggies from the weeds. And I thought, well, defines don't look like that. And I went back in the house. And I come back in a week or two more and I said, well, the weeds have took over. I am the best weed grower you have ever met. I was missing an element. They were doing something I didn't see and I didn't realize. They were keeping the weeds out of it. They were tending to it. My patience at zero, wouldn't allow me, I wasn't putting in that kind of work for a, for a fruit six months later. If I'm going to work like that, I want rewarded today. 
And that's the exact wrong mindset for a gardener. Exact wrong. They put in that work along the way to get that fruit at the end. A lot of times we plant and plant and plant, but we never weed. We never go back and follow up. We never, we never take the time to ensure that it's getting watered. To ensure that it's getting the right nutrients to grow the way it's supposed to. Now it's not our job to make it grow. A lot of times we quit sowing seed because we look around and don't see no fruit. Sometimes the fruits of your labors are going to come after you've done gone. But you still got to be planting. You still got to be preaching. You still got to be teaching. You still got to be telling it like it is. You still got to be dropping them truth bombs everywhere you go. Because truth is what people need to hear and truth is what grows faith. Paul said, man, I endured this thing and endured this thing and the whole time I was enduring it, I was teaching and preaching so that you may believe, so that you can have faith, so that you can please God. And he done it over and over and over again. Go back to um, there, Romans. <clears throat> Go back to Romans chapter 10, verse 14. I think technology hates me. Amen. You feel you ever feel that way, Jesus? I know. That thing was going right along and I was getting better at it and it just bit the dust. So Nathan, you may want to pick up on Romans chapter 10. We still in verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without somebody telling them? So, so we figured out that you can't please God without faith. You can't have faith without believing in Jesus Christ. You can't believe in something you've never heard about. How are they going to hear about it if somebody don't tell them? So who's going to tell them? Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So who's going to tell them? But how do, how do they find out if nobody tells them? Who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell the world about Christ? Who's going to share it with my neighbor down the road? Who's going to share it with the people that you bring to church? Who's going to share it with the people that I work with? Who's going to tell them? Who's going to go to Guatemala? Who's going to go to Mexico? Who's going to travel the world? Whose responsibility is it for them to know? Well, y'all weak this morning. Y'all struggling? See, what it is is you know the right answer and you're scared to say it because when it does, conviction's going to hit. And all you can think of is, oh Lord, they're going to Guatemala in October. Nick's trying to recruit. If I say that out loud, people's going to hear me and i got to go. That ain't true. They done got their list together. They know who's going. 
So it's okay for you to say, it's my responsibility to spread the gospel. Say that. It's my responsibility to spread the gospel. Say that again. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. How can we be surprised that we live in a society that lives day-to-day life without faith and you ain't told a soul about Christ? How can you be surprised that you live in a society you sending your kids to a government school? It ain't public school, it's government school. If you don't believe that, watch this. Where they're not allowed to stand up and preach the gospel freely, they can do it in certain places. The FCA is really good at that. Get that done. But that same group of kids has to learn Islamic prayers. Memorize How can you be surprised by that and you ain't told nobody about Jesus? How can you be surprised that your children don't know how to honor God and you never taught them to honor their mother and their father? How can you be surprised that we live in a society where it's okay to kill babies? You ain't never told nobody about Jesus. See, they can't live by faith because they don't believe. And they can't believe if they don't hear. And they don't hear if you don't tell them. It's my responsibility. It's mine. It's yours. It's ours. That falls on us. You you need some plan. You need some way. You cannot call yourself a Christian and be uncomfortable telling somebody about Jesus. You can't. There's no way. Because that's the greatest thing. It's like saying, I love my child, but I can't tell nobody about him. The greatest thing that ever happened in your life. You have to be comfortable talking about it. You have to be. You don't have any choice. I'm not comfortable praying. How can you not be comfortable talking to your best friend, your Creator? How can you claim He's your best friend and you can't talk to Him? How many earthly best friends you got you don't talk to? You can't talk to? You ain't comfortable talking to? Why can I be surprised that our society is in the shape it's in if I ain't never told nobody about Jesus? I can't be. It's my fault at that point. It's my fault. I haven't done my part. Now, keep going with me because there's an important ring to that that I can't leave off. I wouldn't be doing you any justice. Romans chapter 10 verse 15. Y'all thought y'all would never see 15, didn't you? Remember, we're going all the way to 17, so you ain't through yet. Verse 15. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And, And we looked at Matthew and seen where you were sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. How beautiful. Verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. You know, I just said, how can I complain when I've never told? 
Now the fact of the matter is, there's going to be times when you tell and they don't believe. And without belief, there's no faith. Without faith, you can't please God and you get what we've got today. That's the truth of the matter. Sometimes they won't obey. So what do I do, Brother Nick? Do I just stand there and tell that person and that person over and over and over again until they do obey? I don't know. Let's ask Christ. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. We'll see how Jesus handled it and then we'll go from there. Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Very, very familiar scripture to the most of you. Matthew 19, 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, Go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Verse 22. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Jesus dropped a truth bomb on him. Didn't he? He came up and said, what I got to do? And Jesus started naming off the commandments and he bowed his chest out there like a bainy rooster and he said, I did all them things from the time I was young. Is there anything else so I don't miss nothing? And Jesus said, there's one more thing. There's one more thing. If you'll go sell all your possessions and come follow me. And what does the Bible say the man did? He walked away sorrowful. It hurt his feelings. The truth bomb dropped and it hurt, and it hurt his feelings. Now, would you imagine that Jesus stood there and said, hang on, son, hang on. You don't understand. It ain't that hard. Hang, hang on, sir. Hang on. Don't leave yet. Let me tell you something else. Hang on. Let me, let me juice it up and make it feel better to you. Hang on, sir. Don't leave. That's not what happened. Here's what happened. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 22 is what we just read. When the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Look at Jesus' response. Then Jesus said to his disciples, You see what happened? Did, did, you, did you catch that? Did you see that? Did you see that Jesus told the man what had to happen, and the man turned and walked away sorrowful? And then Jesus said to his disciples, Do you see that? Do you see what Jesus did? All He did was told Him the truth. He told Him the truth and let Him deal with the rest of it. He told Him the truth and when the man walked away sorrowful, He didn't go running Him down the street. He didn't take responsibility for making sure. He took responsibility for telling the truth. You're going to tell the truth sometime. You're going to share the gospel sometime. You're going to tell a friend about Jesus and they don't want to believe. It ain't on you. It ain't on you. It's on them. 
He looked at his disciples and he said, Assuredly, I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He didn't talk to that man. He didn't talk to the rich man. He didn't stop him and try to explain it better. He didn't stop him and sugarcoat it and add something or take something away so it didn't hurt so bad. He just told him the truth. And when the man walked off, he turned and talked to his disciples. Sometimes you're going to tell the truth and people don't want to hear it. It's on them. It's on them. Sometimes you're going to tell it just like it's supposed to be told and you're going to do just what Jesus said do and they ain't going to take it. It's on them. And on you. Don't get discouraged because sometimes people are going to hear and they're not going to obey. Your job's not to make them obey. Your job's to tell them the truth. My job's to tell the truth. Not, not, not to make it happen. Not to make it grow. Not to make it develop. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth over and over again. You never have to back up on it. Verse 17. As we try to close out here. <clears throat> Verse 17. In Romans chapter 10. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. It is true. It is true that we must live out what we believe. It is true that we may be the only Bible some people read. It is true that we should use our lives to preach and if necessary use words. It is true. But according to Scripture, faith comes by... So somebody at some point has got to open their mouth. It is true that it's important for me to live it out. It is true. But it's also true that in order for somebody to come to faith, they got to hear it. We go back to Hebrews chapter 11 in the description of Noah and the great flood. And it says that he heard God speak to him. We as children of God, we as followers of Christ, we as believers have got to understand that if we ever want to see a difference made in this world, we are responsible for spreading the name of Jesus. And that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that's ever going to change anything about our society. Not who we vote for, not who's in office, not which party, none of that stuff's going to matter in the end. It's really not. I didn't tell you it wasn't important to vote and I didn't tell you it wasn't important to be involved. It is. I'm as involved as I can get. But I also know and understand that it don't matter who president is. Jesus is still king. And the only thing that's going to change anything in our society is for the gospel to be spread for people to start to live by faith. That's the only thing that's going to make any difference for any one of us. That's the only thing that can change it. When you look at it today, it looks like it's too far gone to make any difference. It really does. But it's not. It's not. God can change it as much or as little as He wants to. But it's up to me and you to open our mouth and tell people about Christ. Faith comes by hearing. 
hearing the word of God. Now there, there's a catch in that. Faith comes by hearing, but they got what they got to hear is the word of God. Well, we've determined this morning that it's my responsibility to tell them. Is it any way for me to tell them something I don't know? Is it any way for me, a while ago Sean was stuck in a cave. He was all bound up and hung up and didn't know what to do. I could see the fear in his face. He was terrified. Y'all don't know how dark it was in that cave. When Nathan turned that light off on him, it was pitch black dark. and He couldn't see his hand in front of his... He couldn't do that anyway, but... <laughs> but would it be any way... Would it be any... Sorry, brother. I you just an easy target, man. Would it be any way for me to go into that cave and lead him out if I don't know the way out? Is there any way for me to tell anybody about Jesus if I don't know Him myself? Is it any way for me to help somebody to grow in their faith if I ain't read how to grow in, the, in my faith? Is it any way for me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody if I don't know the gospel? It's impossible. All those things are impossible. All of them. I've got to be prepared. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Because you never know when that opportunity is coming, what it's going to look like or who its name is going to be. Faith comes by hearing. And what they're hearing is the Word of God. If you're going to share it, you've got to know it yourself. I don't mean memorizing the Bible. I don't mean I mean you gotta be able to at bare minimum share what God's done in your life. If you don't know nothing else, you know your story. Sometimes that's just enough. Sometimes that's just enough. But you gotta be willing to do it. You can't be scared. You can't be nervous. You can't be worried about it. Because all those things remove faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Y'all stand. I'm going to get our praise band uh, to come on up. I'm going to encourage you to um, respond by whatever means God has laid on your heart to respond this morning. Um, you'll hear Kevin say this, and I say this all the time. We don't judge the success of what we've done this morning by how many bodies we count in the altar. If we did that, we both would have done quit a long time ago because I sweated a whole lot more than people can show up. You know what I mean? But I know it's my responsibility to come in here and deliver what God says deliver, and then it's your responsibility to deal with it. Whatever that means, how whatever God says for you to do, that's what you do during this time. Now is that time. If you're a person... And you, you're under that description of don't know Christ, ain't never believed, so therefore you can't have faith. Now's a great time to address that. Now's a great time to, to come up here and go, look, brother, I don't understand. I don't know. Now's a great time. You respond however God leads you to respond. Grander earth is quake before Moved by the sound of his voice And sees that a shaking and stirred Can be calmed and broken from my regard Through it all, through it all My eyes are on the 
it all, through it all it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on and it is well with me. Be it for me to not believe Even when my eyes can't see This mountain that's in front of me Will be thrown into the mist of the sea Through it all, through it all Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. It is well, it is well. So let go myself and trust in Him. The waves and winds still know His name. So let go. And trust in him The ways and wind Still know his name So let go
Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well.